Hey, everyone, welcome in. It's The Wrap on NRM Streamcast. Tom Mazoy, Clarence Black, and the Jim Reels friendly Chrysler Jeep Studios in Farmington. And uh, another day, another uh, Groundhog Day continuing, and I'm hearing about schools now. And someone told me the other day, would you send your kid to school if he, had to, he or she had to wear a mask all day long? I, either that or your other thing was you got to stay home and do it virtually. I, what, two crappy choices, if you ask me. Do you want to send your kid? We're not supposed to wear a mask all day long. No. It's hard to wear a mask all day long. I hate long. it, man. I hate it. And I know I don't I'm I'm not saying it so don't email me, don't don't tweet me any of the bullshit. I get it. I understand medically the benefit of it. What I'm saying is that as somebody that I, I don't like the experience does not work for me and I get it. I'm it's a necessary evil. I'm just saying it it's doesn't work for a lot of people. Cannot imagine doing that all day, bro. Man, when I go to Kroger and I, I can't wait to get the hell out of there so I can Same, take the yep. damn mask off. Yes. I feel like I'm claustrophobic. Me too. Same way. I feel confined. When you go to a restaurant, you know you have to wear it until you get to your table. That's right. the thing. You take it off when you get to your table. I, and I went to B-Dub. B-Dub seems to be my spot because it's What's empty. What's the point in that? Well, like, it's, it's empty, and I sit out in the patio area. They have the, yeah. the doors open. And you know I don't mind sitting out there. And there's not many people there. But I, you know I take the mask off as soon as they sit down and get to eat. I, I don't know, man. This doesn't seem to be getting better. Our good friend uh, Rod Beard from the Detroit News, he's on the horn with us. Actually, you can see his pretty face right there. What's up, Rod? Gentlemen, gentlemen, good evening. How are you? Afternoon, I'm good, evening, man. Whatever we're talking about. Right yeah, now. It's, uh, whatever. <laughs> it's a podcast. It could be any time of the day, right? It, when people are watching it. It is Groundhog Day because it's just it day, is. night, day, night. It is. And you're off this week. You're on furlough because I haven't read any of your stories but last week, you had some excitement. You, you were at Comerica, right? Yeah. Fill us in. Yeah, that was exciting. Talk about wearing a mask all day. That's exactly what it was, is yeah. uh, sitting in the Tiger Den, which is where they have the media sitting now, okay. uh, to observe the uh, summer camp and the practices and whatever they're doing. And now they're doing intra-squad games. So, I mean, that's, that's something. That's exciting. It's sports. But uh, it's going to take some getting used to, to wearing a mask at a sporting arena or, or a stadium like that, even when you're outdoors, to try to get used to that. So describe it to us. How much media was there, cameramen, radio guys, TV guys? What did it look like? I want to say it was maybe 30, 35, and that's the limit that Major League Baseball is putting on the media attendance there. And everybody spaced out uh, a bit, and, and people are cognizant of it. They know not to come and, and try to shake your hand, or, or you'll get an elbow bump every once in a while. But it, it's um, for the media are, are certainly – adhering to what the protocols are and the Tigers are doing the same as much as they can on the field. Uh, a lot of the managers are wearing them and the coaches, the players obviously aren't because uh, if it's tough to wear it on a regular basis, imagine if you're running the bases or pitching or trying to, to do something like that that's more exertive than trying to breathe through a mask with that. I wanted to ask you, uh, as we asked Clarence earlier, if you send your kid to school, would you, would you send your kid to school if he or she had to wear a mask all day? That's a, a toughie. I mean, it, it's because um, I, I have a, a one daughter who has a, a pre-existing condition with an asthma-like symptom oh. issue and a son who's perfectly healthy. So my daughter, we're just going to keep her at home completely. And the son, we're still trying to decide whether we're going to um, send him and have him go a couple of days a week uh, and then do the rest virtually, which is the one of the options that they're offering is two days in school and a couple of days at home. But I think it 
the distraction of it. I mean, like I I'm I can barely get through the grocery store and I'm literally I'm trying to get done as fast as I can to get the thing off my face. Not because I don't respect the safety aspect of it, but it is just for me, it, it is an uncomfortability that I have yet to, to figure out how to get myself to a place where I'm OK having this thing on, man. It's, just, it's a struggle. Yeah. And to, to do it all day in a school setting. And again, you're trusting third graders, high school kids, high school kids to, to keep them on all day. That's a, a toughie for me. I just don't think that that's going to happen to. Uh, and, and we've talked about NBA players trying to stay in the bubble and the temptation that's there with high school kids who are just silly and, and mess around anyway. To, to say that they're going to keep it on all day, I don't think is a reasonable expectation. Speaking about our NBA brethren, uh, Adam Silver came out last week and said, hey, if X amount of corona comes back positive, we might have to shut this bubble down. Have you, what did you hear about that? Yeah, I, I, on one hand, he said it's individual players. So if LeBron tests positive, they're not shutting that thing down. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll see. We'll see if, if LeBron or, or one of their star players test positive, then it'll be a different, they're holding up the tent. The whole circus is going home. Don't let, don't believe for one second that uh, it's not dependent on one player, depending on who it is. But again, it is looking at the circumstances in that bubble. It's going to be really, really tough. Even the people yeah. who are arriving this week, they're trying to get them to stay in their rooms. So it's not even don't roam around the campus. No. Stay in your room. No, that's Come terrible. on, man. That's, no way. That's, that's not how yeah, the I mean, players the, work. The, that's the players, no stretch of the imagination. No the way. players have used the word prison, and it is. you know, I, a confinement is confinement. But I, I guess, right, one of the things that that I thought was very interesting because you see it, an assistant coach can be. I mean, it could be your defensive guy. He can be your defensive coordinator, your offensive coordinator. There are a number of older assistants that aren't going to be there. As you look around the league, who I mean, who who is going to be missed the most in terms of of, of assistance, like key people and staff that you're hearing so far from different teams? Yeah, I think it's it's just assistance, and we haven't heard about what Greg Popovich is going to do yet. But if I mean the per, the Spurs probably weren't going to make a, a deep right. run anyway. But if Pop can't do it, and you got Tim Duncan who's leading that group, then their their chances probably wane a little bit. But I think when you look at the ranks of it, Alvin Gentry just said, look, I got a doctor's note. I'm in. I'm good. Let's go. So other ones will do the same sort of thing if they're healthy enough. But I think that's the consideration you make is to say, is this potentially life threatening for me as a, a 60 plus, 70 plus year old coach or assistant coach? And you make your decision based on that. And there's no hard feeling either way. I think uh, Lionel Hollins from the Lakers uh, just said, look, it's, it, no, I'm not doing it. And that's the thing that Major League Baseball players are doing. These NBA players have to do the assistant coaches because this this isn't to be taken lightly. We're seeing from this may not even be the second wave, but from the reoccurrences that we're getting in the rising numbers in a lot of states, this isn't just some, well, okay, I'm tired of wearing a mask or I'm tired of um, staying at home, so I'm just going to go back to life as normal. We see what the repercussions are. I mean, you just mentioned Lionel Hollins, yeah. and I can just picture him still playing basketball. I can't believe he's an old coach now. I mean, that just blows You're my mind. You're aging yourself. You're aging yourself. I know. I mean, was he with the uh, the Blazers? I mean, wasn't he with the, the wasn't he Blazers and Sixers? That sounds right. Yeah, that sounds right. I just can't. I can't. These guys can't even go down to the pool. You're telling me to sit outside? Just not just yet, because this is the week that they, that everybody's coming in, and they're just trying to um, establish and get the people in. So teams are flying in. 
as a whole and, and moving to their individual hotels. So that's uh, how that's working now. But I saw something earlier today with the Enos Cantor was on CNN and he was saying that they were just keeping them in their rooms, at least for now, and they bring them their meals. And the meals are a joke. It's like fire festival. That's They're true. bringing them a, a fruit cup and a and a and a, a, pea, and a, a sandwich. That's just sad. So they're getting the media food from uh, the uh, from the Super Bowl and stuff like that, right? That's hilarious. It's worse than that. At least at Lions games, you get some well, slows yeah. every once in a while. But this is this is fire festival exactly. It's bread, a mustard packet. Fire festival. That That is good stuff. So wait, Rhett, you got to introduce our guest again. Oh, I will. I mean, reintro. Rod Rod Beard needs no introduction. All right, Rod Beard joins us here from the Detroit News. Hey, man. So you know, as I look around at the landscape of coaches, and and again, looking at the coronavirus, you know, risk factors for age, it's not just Pop and and Lionel. I mean, the guys in their sixties pushing seventies. I got it. But even guys, man, they're talking about. In the 50s, there's a number of, of coaches that are in their 50s that are going to be there. Specifically looking at Alvin, I don't think anybody thinks that they're going to be – they have a shot for the title. Why would Alvin – like I, Alvin's the one that throws me off. Why do you think he made this call? Does he really think they got a chance? Maybe. I mean, but there's no reason to really keep him out if he wants to coach. It's the same as players. If you want to go in, you're good to go in. If you want to stay out, you're good to stay out. And I think in, in his case, it's just a young team that he wants to coach. And obviously with Zion there, why not? You never know what you can catch lightning in a bottle with. So I think there's at least an opportunity. And, and even still, he might have a, a lesser risk because they might not be, be in it besides those eight games and if they make the playoffs that one series so it might not be an extended exposure to it but if you're talking about the lakers or the bucks or somebody like that they could be in it for three months that's the bigger concern is the extension of the time that you're going right. to be there and then when they're talking about families coming in for the conference finals well now you're bringing in all these new people that you're not sure that they've adhered to the protocols and they've got to be tested and it's a whole just different thing. It's like I said before, I don't have the confidence that they're going to be able to maintain the integrity of this bubble for three months. But hey, more if you're trying to do it. Listen, this that's this this brings me to what I always said from the get go. Yeah. They're playing too many games in this bubble. They should have cut it down. They should have made best of threes, best of five, and the finals best of seven. They're drawing it out too much. I think that they it's too greedy. They're not going to make it. They should have. They should have done a more streamlined playoff. Right? Are you with me or not? Yeah, I, I don't think the number of games in that case matters as much. And I agree. I probably would have. But the eight games that they have to do to finish the season—that's what I've got the bigger beef with. If you were going to do it, do some exhibition stuff and, and let them play uh, a good week or week and a half where the games don't matter as much. Um, but but people get their uh, wind up and their cardio up. But these eight games to try to get seeding for these additional teams, that's the stuff that it's not worth it. Really make a difference. You can you can cut out a number of those teams. Yeah. By with the playoffs, you would have sixteen. You have six additional teams with thirty-five people. That's two hundred additional people Correct. in the bubble that you don't necessarily need to have there. So if you would really we're, we're saying, look, we're we're going to draw the line. Hey, let's just let's have these sixteen teams in. Because they did it with the teams that are out and with the draft lottery. They drew the line and said, where it is today is where it is. But from a playoff perspective, we got to get these this TV money, so let's get these other teams back in. 
and decide, okay, let's let's give them eight games to try to get the playoff seating and get all that stuff together. You think the Lakers care about playoff seating? Because there is no home court advantage. Right. It's really just they're, they're recouping that TV money that they were losing from the, the national television contracts. And so there were minimums that they had to have. So that's why you have the eight games. That's why you have the additional teams, because you want to give Zion a chance and that Zion's going to drive some of that television viewing money. So this is mean, hockey. Yeah. Hockey, seven you, and eight seeds can win. NBA, seven and eight seeds don't, don't win. win. They don't win. Well, well, this is a different case, though, because even with Brooklyn, that they're going to miss half of their team because they're, they're testing positive right. or opted out or injured. So <laughs> this is a different circumstance where a team that can win, a lower-seeded team can win because the, the higher-seeded team has four or five guys that test positive and they're, they're not playing or they opted out. So I can see where there's something there. But, I mean, if safety is the primary concern, then, yes, you are playing entirely too many games to 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 get through and to say, we're going to crown a champion and be out, and that's it. Rod, do they have to quarantine on the – so you get eliminated and you're out. Do you still have to stay in the bubble for two weeks before you can go home? No, I think that there will be some sentiment on the people. As soon as you get eliminated that night, let's load the plane up and be out so <laughs> So I can roam and go get these tacos and do whatever I need to do. <laughs> the tacos. I'll tell you what they should do with these lesser teams, the, the, like the Nets. They have like seven players, six players left on the team. Merge them with another team. Make like all-star teams for these lesser teams and let them play. Let, let them be like a Harlem Globetrotters and see if they could see if they could uh, beat a good team. That would be fun. I mean, the, the, the Nets went and got Jamal Crawford, who had been – a free agent all year, and and that's the guy that they signed. So they're going to have to either bring up G League guys or sign free agents in order to fill out their roster. So you want to say legitimately that 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 team should be in the playoffs outside, uh, other than a team that was right below them in the standings? Come on, man. That's now you're stretching it a little yeah. bit more. It's a joke. You and there's a legit brother. There's a legit basketball question in there because how does a man score 51? in the final game of the regular season and then not get offered a job. When you can score 51 in that league, how does how does somebody not go grab you? Is there something about Jamal Crawford I don't know about or just uh, what happened at the end of I guess it would be last year that he didn't even get a, a he didn't make a roster or get on a roster for this year. It it still amazes me. I was I was almost saying the Pistons should just go out and get him. Yes, if, um, if he's just going to sit there because you can use a veteran like that who's fifty one, who, who knows what he's doing, and they didn't. Have, I mean, nothing else, but I mean, they, Pistons didn't have cap space, so that that was a moot conversation. But somebody right. should have gone out and gotten Jamal Crawford to to just bolster their roster at all. All right, we're going to change the subject a little. I sent you. The Sports Illustrated column earlier today. We're going to talk about that and the Ivy League, of course, with its members and announced they will not, they will be canceling all fall athletics for this calendar year because of COVID. They might bring back football in the spring. You know who cares at that point? And then there's Stanford, the King, cutting eleven varsity sports off their coffers uh, to save save a lot of money. What does this spell? for college sports in general, Rod? What's your take on this? I mean, as much as people want to say that it's about scholarships and the opportunities to um, have kids further their college education. No, no, no. This tells you exactly what it's about. It's about money. And if athletic programs can't make that dollar, 
then they're not going to extend scholarships to people. Because again, remember, scholarships are renewable every year. Every year, baby, there you go. Every year. And if they decide they're not having a sports program, then what do you do? Are you still able to take classes because they're not making money? And, and it's they Ohio State was the main one mentioned in that. But Michigan is right in lockstep with the rest of those that, um, yes, you want to be careful. But but if you're not having sports, I mean, you're playing football in the spring. That's that's the level to which they care about the revenue that the football program brings in, that they would be talking about moving it to the spring. That, People got to read this and understand that they want to say scholarship, 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 student athletes, they care about it first. Make sure these schools are covering those scholarships if they say that these are student athletes, because that's what that should be what they're caring about first. Rod, is this going to be is this going to be the spark that finally lights the power five breakaway because enough's enough, enough's enough. And if if all of a sudden your students are being paid and they become employees. Are we seeing this as an issue? And remember, I'm talking about if if let's take our big two. If if Division One football and basketball are allowed to break away and incentivize and, and turn these kids into employees. I was telling Maz, it's a whole different conversation. If your kid is the is the starting left tackle for Oklahoma State and he's making 30 grand. That may be a lot more palatable to be able to say, okay, hey, I'm making 30 grand versus your backup left tackle for, let's say, Eastern Michigan. No disrespect to Eastern Michigan, obviously. Do you think there's there's some some opportunity or validity in that? Yeah, I think you got to start figuring it out because if you're going to start paying them for likeness, now the movement moves to, I'm playing, so you need to be paying. So it, it's there has to be some equality in that. And it's, I don't know how that scale works with the starting left tackle and the star running back and, and how you scale that out. Because then how does that work for other sports, which is what people are gonna want. If you do it for football and basketball, it's only a matter of time before, hey, my kid's the number one lacrosse player or the number one soccer player in the country. Baseball might be the one right after that. You've gotta start figuring out how to scale these things. And in the middle of a season, can a, a player move up in, in their pay? I don't know. I, it's a complex system, but it's something that has to be figured out because I agree it's moving very, very much in that direction. Rod Beard joins us from the Detroit News. It's the wrap. Tom Mazaway and Clarence Black. Uh, we're all over the board here on another Groundhog Day in sports. Yeah. I don't know how these sports stations are even you know putting anything out there. I mean, ESPN Radio has just decimated their entire lineup. They've got all new people coming in. Mike Golick is is out after all these years. Damn, that's what, crazy. What, what's your take on all this uh, stuff in media here, Rod? All this, I mean, look, look at the, even ninety-seven-one here in, in Detroit going through some changes and possibly looking at bringing in some other talent. And Rod, uh, you know our friend so Rob, man. Our, our friend Rob Parker. He's the squeaky wheel. He puts out a you know a pretty good story, nice stories to read, and all of a sudden. You hear, oh, big changes are coming at 97.1. WDFN now is is gone. That their black information hey, wait, network. I, am I in trouble if I sing Soul Man? You just no. talk. Hey, you just talk to Rod. Hey, because you know them. You know what them changes gonna be. Hey, I, 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 I told you. I I said Clarence should throw his Soul hat in the ring. Am I, am I wrong? Clarence should throw his hat in the ring over there. 97. Uh, about to get a, about to get a little darker over there at 97.1, Rod. <laughs> There's there's a very limited pool of um, 
candidates if, if that's the direction that they want to go in. There, there just aren't a lot of people who um, uh, black sportscasters' lives matter. Uh, I just don't know how many they, they can pick from. Is Clarence, um, what, Rico? Uh, Rod. The Beard Brothers. I mean, All right, so so let's take a let's take let's take a let's take a serious tone on this. So it that was a serious tone. What are we doing? <laughs> hey, I'm tan. Hey. I'm Arab. Can I, take me, man. So so <laughs> when Rod wrote that, I mean, he he said, look, he said a lot of what we had been had been thinking. It's a small minority of us, but to me, it goes back to opportunity. And I have I've always said, man, until you have the what if you do a token hire that is an obviously pressured token hire that is not as important to me as your executives that make those decisions it's the same thing we talked about with like you know the NFL goes out and just says hey you know let's do the black national anthem in week 1 and i'm like was there not somebody black in the room that would have went hey i, there was I, I don't there I don't was think not. so we're talking about oper- it, How to me is that? if 971 called me today I would look at them and go, I know why I know why you're calling, but if your intent contract, if, if your intent is not to put <laughs> the right people, well, I mean, no, I ain't stupid. Yeah, I hope not. But you know what I'm saying, man? What's what's your what's your thoughts on that? Because to me, the the elephant in the room is opportunity. The people that hire, if that doesn't change, the people that are the execs in the boardroom, if the boardroom doesn't change, then the rest of this is just, I mean, this is just window dressing. Right, because it, it feels like you have to have an intent. You have to genuinely want to do it and say we're doing it for this reason because we want to add a point of view, because we realize in the past that we've just been very um, lacking in that area. And I think the statement that they came out with was something to that effect. But then it's also we're going to it's almost like the NFL when you say, well, we want to add GMs. And it's not about giving teams draft picks if they if they add a black GM. It's really about this is something that we're doing because we know it's the right thing to do. And, and so I agree. I think that's the point is you've got to fill your uh, your boards. You've got to fill your executive positions, your your other people, your producers. You've got to have that perspective there so that you're just not out. And, and for 97.1, for, for a lot of it, I think that's a very conscious. There's a, a, a target audience that they're going after. And there may not be this this desire to say, hey, we, we see the black demographic as something that we're going to cater to with the hosts and, and the on-air talent that we have. And may, maybe this is a trip in a different direction. Maybe. I would hope so. Um, so, yeah, it, Clarence, if they got your number, a three-year contract, I'm down hey, with it. I'm right, I'm right I, with it. I, like I said, man, it's, it's a small fraternity. Maz and I always joke, you know, regardless of race, like when you're in the club, you're in the club. We're here because we ain't in the club. Yeah, I don't know. I feel about going in the damn. He wants me to go in the club if I get a chance to go to club. I, I want like, you to go. I like our little clubhouse. I, here, I mentioned man. you, man. I mentioned. Yeah, I want to bring man, up. Look, I want to bring up something that's near and dear to my heart too. Team names, and I know I shouldn't give a damn. I really shouldn't give a damn. And I'm a grown man. My sisters, they all make fun of me. What the hell do you care for? But the Redskins name to me, the Indians, the Blackhawks, the Braves, it meant nothing to me. It meant no harm in my life. Growing up, I never said, "Oh wow, that's that that name should never have stuck. That that's a bad name." And I, I was I was issued I always argue with your brother uh, Rico. 
Rico's like, how would you like it if I named it the Caucasians or something? I'm like, I'm Syrian. You can name them the camel jockeys. I don't give a damn. Well, wait, isn't fighting Irish? Is good. Isn't fighting Irish basically like? Or yeah. there's some people who say like, well, it's a drunk. It's a. It's basically a yeah. leprechaun. The, like the the underlying thought yeah. is that leprechaun is drunk. He's fighting because right. he's drunk. So it's it's happening. Yes, the Redskins are done. It's happening. Everyone's dropping a name. It's going to change. The Indians are probably going to try to stay ahead of the curve. Maybe they go back to their old original name from the early 1900s. I think it was the Spiders at that time. And it really is a pretty cool name. There are no Spiders no. In, in any pro sport, so yeah, I kind of right. like that name. Just but, Richmond. But Reds, yeah, no, but the Reds, I don't know, man. Right, what, what's your take? I know. I'm, I'm a big baby. I know. No, I, I take the other side of it. I think that there is some intent. You can look at it and tell that there's intent. It, with Washington, I don't use their nickname. I, I try to, if I'm writing a story and I include it, I try to put Washington. And if the copy editors go back in and, and put uh, the name, then that's up to them. Um, the, I call Cleveland a tribe. I don't, because you, you put those two things together. The the Indian's name is is one thing, but the kind of smiling, the cartoonish um, yeah. local Ch- that they Chief Wallow. Caricature. Yeah, that, tells, that tells you. That when you put those two things together, now that's a caricature. Um, the the warriors, if, if you have something like that, um, Wayne State warriors. There's no real kind of negative thing with that. But if you're going to get rid of, just get rid of them all. All right. Well, it's, it's going. Thanks for coming on, Rod. We'll do it again. Uh, oh, happy furlough week. Enjoy the rest of the sun. We'll talk to you again. All right. Anytime. I appreciate it, guys. No tacos, man. No damn tacos. One taco. That's Rod Beard from the Detroit News. Thanks to David and Angel in the behind the scenes. Stevie Mack helps us put the show together. Clarence, good seeing you. Have a nice weekend, man. man. Get in that club. Hey. Get in that club. I don't know if they want me, man. Hey. King and Foster coming up next. Tom Azaway here on NRM Street. That's the dude they want back. Have a great weekend, everyone.